Good morning, everyone. Greet you in Jesus' name and invite you to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4. Excuse me, Colossians chapter 4, and I want to uh, look at verse 2. I was uh, reading in Colossians, first part of last month sometime, and uh, this verse really jumped out at me, and I've read it before, you've read it before, but... uh, Several times, a number of times actually, since then, I went back and read that verse again, wrote it down on a piece of paper and stuck it up there in front of me on, on my desk. And it says this way, I'm reading in the New King James, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Uh, The King James Version says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. But the continue there uh, of the King James, uh, well, the uh, continue earnestly, the word, the Greek word includes continuing and an ongoing attitude of prayer, continuing on, persevering with earnestness. So the, uh, the New King James adds that continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant or watchful in it with thanksgiving. A prayer, we know what prayer is. It's simply an expression of the heart to God. in faith, believing that God is and that God is hearing my words and expressing to God our longings, expressing to God our worship. And Paul's admonition here is continue in prayer, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, with thanksgiving, and not be like the Old Testament Israelites in the book of Judges and Kings and Chronicles and so on through the Old Testament who seemed like they easily drifted away from God. But when they were in trouble, uh, sometimes for years even, they were under uh, an enemy, uh, the, the, the uh, dominion of enemies, that uh, then they cried out to God. They wanted help. They remembered God. And they cried out for help. Then when all was fixed and everything was good again, they drifted back to their idolatrous ways. Again and again, over and over, that happened in the Old Testament to the Israelites. And not like fire engine Christians today in our dispensation who are so careless in their Christian life and so busy with themselves that they pretty much ignore God uh, between Sunday morning worship services. 
But when calamity falls and trouble comes, then they remember that they have a heavenly Father and there is prayer and they can pray and they cry out for help and deliverance and would please, Lord, you make things like they were before. But um, Christians who live that way, sometimes we call them uh, nominal Christians. Maybe, maybe some of those folks really aren't Christians. But I think some of them are. And uh, maybe we're there sometimes. I know in my Christian life, I have been, uh, I, I would, looking back, I would say I know what lukewarmness is myself. And when we live there, we miss, I believe, so much of what God wants for his children and his disciples his sheep, his followers. And I, I can't say here today to you that I know what all that is, but I think I understand more. I, under, I do understand more than I used to. God wants a lot for us as his children. And so Paul says to us, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So it makes us think, too, of uh, Paul's teaching in First uh, Thessalonians 5, verse 17, where he says, pray without ceasing. We think about that sometimes, don't we? Pray without ceasing. And I believe he's describing there not necessarily uh, an audible or conscious prayer where we're verbalizing, expressing something to God constantly, but that we are constantly um, in a consistently in an attitude of devotion and worship that easily. Uh, changes to expressions of prayer easily and naturally, whether it's a petition, whether it's an intercession to God for someone or uh, an expression of thanksgiving, a joyful adoration. The heart is um, in tune with God and walking with God and do you think it might be what uh, Jesus was had in mind when he talked about the vine being Jesus and the branches being Christians and abiding in him? I think so. And prayer is a is a um, and an attitude of prayer is a very large part of that. So, you know, we, go, we look at a subject like this and we read this verse, continue earnestly in prayer, and we ask ourselves, do I pray enough? Am I praying enough?
James wrote in uh, James 4, there in the middle of talking about um, the conflict and the reasons why their prayers weren't effective and so on, selfish, carnal people there that, in, that James was writing to. He says, you have not because you ask not. So that could be a problem sometimes. It may often be a problem if there's not enough prayer. So <clears throat> there are petitions. And what triggers petitions to God? So in the course of a week or a month, even a, a day, uh, we can pray about a lot of different things. Peter said, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So I think what he's uh, saying here is that our prayer list would include anything, would legitimately include anything that is a care to us, that is a, a, uh, a something that makes us a little anxious, something that we're concerned about. All the challenges of a day, whether it's minor, I misplaced something, can't find it, or a major decision, or a disappointment, small or great or painful, or just a difficulty that I'm needing to deal with, they can all be brought to God. A sorrow, a burden. An author uh, contacted me uh, last week about a project that she had started several years ago. And then she laid it aside because of a great grief in her family. A wayward uh, child, a son or daughter, I don't remember. I think it might have been a son. Just a great grief. And when she wrote this letter or this email the other day, she said this sorrow is still there. Lots of things come up in the course of a day. And, uh, you know, we can often think, um, I'll just figure this out. And a lot of times we do, especially the more minor things. And it may just be a part of our work and a simple thing. We don't need, the, you know, to uh, pause and pray, God, help me figure out how to put this bolt through this uh, plank. But a lot of things are a little more complicated than that. And, um, and we try to figure them out. But we could pray, too. We could pray. I saw this quote um, several weeks ago and wrote it down. 
And I thought I knew where I had found it. And when I went back and looked, I couldn't find it where I thought I had gotten it. So I'm not sure where it, where it came from exactly. But it says this, those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. Maybe you've seen that somewhere. I Googled it and it popped up in different places, but I don't know where it came from originally. Those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. And I think what he's, this uh, person was saying, if I understand what he was saying, is that when we pray about things and we entrust them to God, that we begin to see, we begin to notice. You know, God God is involved in my life. So maybe it was just a coincidence that it worked out perfectly or that you found what was lost. But um, I think that prayerful people find more coincidences happening. So I've been enjoying uh, Romaine Stauffer's book about Merle Burkholder. Some of you remember Merle Burkholder being here. may have been here a couple times. He's quite a storyteller, but he, uh, this book is stories from his mission experiences up north and in Haiti and other places where he's traveled and so on. And in Haiti one time, um, he had gone down to visit after they had been there for a year or so. And he borrowed a missionary vehicle to go back to the place, I don't know, several hours drive maybe, to um, visit for a weekend. And the missionary told him, well, sometimes this thing has uh, been kind of hesitating and not running real well, but most of the time it works okay. So he took off. And the, the missionary said he thinks it may be the regulator, which has something to do with uh, current and battery getting charged and uh, so forth. So they started out and they went a ways and then it hesitated and um, then it stalled. And I'm not remembering all the details, but they had a problem with it. And it would go again a ways, and then it would sputter and act like it wasn't going to continue. They stopped at a mechanic shop, and the mechanic checked it with, uh, checked it over, and uh, he said, I think it's your alternator. I don't think your battery's getting charged well enough. And, um, and Merle was afraid the guy was just trying to rip him off. He said, no, the, the uh, missionary said that it's, it's the regulator. Well, I, I think it's the alternator. So we'll, we'll try again. And uh, he paid him some money for checking, and they chugged off. And it went a ways and then quit again. And they said, you know, we need to pray. They prayed. It started up and they went the rest of the way. And they told the people there what had happened. And they said, well, you shouldn't try to go back with that vehicle. You know, when you leave, it'll be in the evening and 
And you're going to be in trouble and it won't be a good place anywhere between here and there for you to spend a night and you could be in danger. Well, he said, you all just really need to pray. And they did. They had prayer before they left and they prayed as they went and it went all the way back home. And um, the next, I don't know whether it's the next day or a couple of days later, then Merle had contact with the missionary and asked him, did they figure out what was wrong with that, that vehicle? He said, yeah. He said, when he went out there the next day after Merle had used it and parked it, he said that battery was stone dead. It would not, it would not even crank. And the alternator was bad. So, yeah, just uh, God does things like that. And we could go around this room, and I, I bet, I shouldn't say bet here. Um, I'm thinking that we could probably collect enough stories to compile a small book, maybe a big book. I'm sure there are many stories of God answering prayer. Those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. So petitions, we pray and uh, ask God for help in all kinds of situations. And it's honoring to God and it's a blessing to us. And then we praise him and we adore him. We worship him. Uh, Jeff, I, I really identify with what he was saying about the stars and the heavens uh, inspiring worship. The moon, I was admiring that this morning. And uh, mountains and the oceans, just nature in general. They inspire worship and praise. Answers to prayer. We praise the Lord. We thank the Lord. Remembering God's promises. Applying God's promises. Thanking God for salvation. Thanking God for the joy of salvation, of sins forgiven, and for the privilege to be His servant, His child. Uh, singing songs of worship together uh, with other Christians inspires praise and adoration and worship. That's part of that continuing in prayer. I believe there is um, a um, deeper prayer, deeper prayers that we can pray for ourselves. You know, we as disciples, um, we are followers of Jesus Christ, and we have a role in being a Christian. 
God has a role in our being a Christian. Without God's work in us, we wouldn't, couldn't be Christians. But as believers, we, we need to uh, obey. We need to be committed in our following. But we need the work of God within us also. And so there is a deeper prayer, a deeper level, if you want to call it, of praying for ourselves and intercession for others that I believe God would want us to see. And I'm sure this isn't new to you, but um, some time ago, uh, there was a young wife, mother, I'm not sure how many children she had. She was struggling in her marriage and in her home with her children. And there were failures in her life, in her heart. There were failures in her husband's life and heart. And she grew up in a... Um, in a troubled family, her parents did not have a happy marriage. And she just so much she she wanted so much to have something better for herself, her family, her marriage. And she wrote this uh, one time. I wanted to know how to pray beyond the bless my husband, bless my children, simple prayers. To pray the effectual, fervent prayers, James 5.16 says, availeth much and are prayers that help bring healing. Knowing God created a perfect world, but that we live in a world broken by sin where the realities of it press into our everyday, I wanted to align my prayers with the will of God and to be sure I was praying for the things that God wanted in my life, not just prayers with my desires or things I thought I needed. The disciples said in Luke 11 verse 3, Lord, teach me to pray. And that became my prayer. And he taught me, and I learned to pray. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writing to the um, Corinthians, the first three verses. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, 
Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Paul said these people, they were Christians, but they're, they're, they were kind of stalled. And um, Paul prayed for them. And they needed to pray too. They needed to pray for themselves. They needed to pray for each other. Paul often prayed for the people that he was uh, writing letters to, the epistles. And we think of, you know, like Ephesians 3 and other just soaring prayers of Paul's interceding for the church. But there are numerous other times where Paul uh, offered brief prayers in his epistles to the, uh, to the churches. And I thought we'd just notice a few of them here this morning. And uh, they encourage me, they challenge me in uh, my own needs and to pray for these things for myself and to pray for others this way too. And, and when we look at them, we see something we learn something about God as well. So the first one I'd like us to turn to is in Romans 15, verse 5. <clears throat> this is, uh, I believe that uh, Galen referred to some of this, or at least this section in, the, uh, in his opening at our last members meeting where Paul here in 14 and 15 was dealing with the weak conscience, weak and strong consciences. And he was concerned uh, for their, for where they were and where they were going and what progress they would make. And in verse 5 of Romans 15, he prays this, Now may the God of patience and comfort Grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. He was concerned about their unity and their harmony. He didn't want to see tension and conflict and critical spirits among them. So he was praying for them uh, harmony and unity. May the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. And notice he says, the God of patience and comfort. God is the source of patience and comfort. Of some translations would say, steadfastness, and encouragement. So God is the source, God is the giver, and he says in his prayer, now may the God of patience and comfort give you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. 
And that's, he's not praying that these people would suddenly all start thinking the same. You know, sort of the reverse of the Tower of Babel where languages went all haywire. But suddenly everybody starts thinking the same way and coming to the same conclusions. But rather that their minds be like Jesus. That they would match up with with the way Jesus thinks. Uh, Kind and considerate and submitting one to another, caring and loving toward one another. And we need endurance and we need encouragement and the work of God within us to make progress toward that end. Did Paul expect his prayer to make any difference among those Roman Christians? I think certainly he did. And could we pray that? Could I pray, now may the God of patience and comfort help me be more like Jesus in the way I relate to my brothers and sisters so we can work toward harmony and be more harmonious. I think that God would want me to pray that. I think that would be good. I think that is good for me to pray that about all of us and for all of us to pray that. And um, could it make a difference? Would God answer that prayer? I don't know how all God does these things, but I am convinced about one thing about prayer, that when we pray, something happens that wouldn't have happened if we didn't pray. And so when we pray a prayer like this, with an earnest, like, like Paul said there in Colossians, earnestly, sincerely, really meaning it, God hears that prayer. And I believe that God does a work in us It may not be instantaneous, but it'll make a difference. So that's one thing that God is God's will that we can pray for ourselves and intercede for others for harmony and um, the mind of Christ toward one another. Another one is just later in that chapter in verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope. So there we learn something else. We see another fact about God. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So we need faith when we pray. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So these, this has a, a number of, of pieces here. Um, 
But the, the end is that you may abound in hope. The Amplified says bubbling over with hope. The confidence, the enthusiasm that we are on the winning side. And the confidence that will... Okay, I'm trying to see what this says. Not that we'll never have any hurts or uh, unpleasant things happen. That's not what we're, what we're expecting. But that regardless of what happens, that we will never be left alone. And we will never be without God's presence and help and comfort in whatever comes. So we can have hope. And it's the Holy Spirit within us by the power of the Holy Spirit that we may bubble over with hope. Sounds like a, quite a lot of it, doesn't it? When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the joy and peace that comes with knowing God as a God who is a winner, who will ultimately conquer all of sin and destroy all its effects and make everything right. And that he will never leave us nor forsake us here on this earth. And when we're finished with life here, we'll go to be with him for all eternity. So Paul prayed that uh, for the Christians in Rome. And did he think that would make a difference? He did. Do you think it would make a difference if we pray that for ourselves? I think it will. I'm sure it does. I'm sure many of you have prayed that. A third one in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that is a big prayer. That is a big prayer. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, make you holy, through and through and preserve you blameless till Christ's coming. That's, that's, a, um, that's a big project. Your whole spirit, soul, and body 
And that's more than forgiveness. <clears throat> it's more than forgiveness. We're, we need forgiveness to be cleansed. But it's dealing with carnal attitudes, carnal thoughts, carnal words, carnal actions, and it's a process. And sometimes it can feel like, has felt to me like one step forward, two steps back. You've heard that. You heard about the little boy that came to school late and um, the teacher asked why he was late. And he said, well, he was coming up a hill, going up a hill and... Um, Every time he took a step forward, he slid back two steps. Well, how did you ever get here? He said, I turned around and went the other way. <laughs> that could be a problem for a Christian sometimes too, going the wrong way. But, uh, you know, you have sure, I'm sure all of you have run into disappointments. I'm not as far as I thought I was. And you're grieved at something that showed up in your life. An attitude or a thought, something that uh, you just uh, thought you were more mature than that. And that's a disappointment. And so um, this involves... Confession. These prayers involve repentance. You know how Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Sometimes we weep over Jerusalem our, our, ourself. We weep about ourselves. We pray for ourselves. May the God of peace sanctify me completely and preserve me, and pray for others. I believe Paul prayed that prayer with confidence that God heard it and that God's Spirit would work in the Thessalonican Christians. And if you read the epistles to Thessalonica, they were, um, they were in a place where God really did work in their hearts. It's an inspiration to read Thessalonians and the, uh, their testimony. Okay, let's go to another one. First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, and verses 16 and 17. We're soon going to be out of time. Um, that says this, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work, in whatever you say or do, praying for encouragement and strength. But first, the things about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father who has loved us 
and given us everlasting, eternal consolation and good hope by grace, comfort and establish you in whatever you say or do. To be, to pray that prayer, to be effective servants of Christ, whether it's at home, on the workplace, in the church, on the street. May God encourage us and establish us in His truth, in His doctrine, in His character. See, develops us in every good word and work whatever we say or do. Those words and those works will be honoring to God and bless others and accomplish God's work. <clears throat> A couple more yet. Uh, I really like this one. Second Thessalonians 3 and verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Uh, a little later in that, that chapter in verse 11, he says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. Like, I'm praying that God will make it work out that I can come to you, that he would direct our way to you. So here he's saying in verse 5, now may the Lord direct, channel your heart into the love of God and the patience of Christ. The patience here, the King James says, patient waiting for Christ, but most translations take it as a, meaning a characteristic of Christ, the patience that Christ displayed, that Christ has, endurance, but that he would direct us into the love of God. In Romans 5 and verse 5, it says, speaks of the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. In the Ephesians prayer, Paul's in verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To, uh, to know it, to experience it. To know the security of, um, of God's love. In Romans 8, <clears throat> for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This, uh, this love is not just the affection that God feels toward us. It's not just an emotion uh, that God feels toward us, but it is the love of God who cares for us and is involved in our life, who will never leave us nor forsake us, will not allow any temptation to come that we are not able to bear, and will with it make a way to escape, and so many other promises of God uh, that, that guide and direct His uh, and motivate His choices on our behalf because He loves us. And I believe it's here in the love of God, which is involved in all these others too, but where we really discover the joy of the Lord and the peace that passes understanding. So we pray, direct us into the love of God and into the patience of Christ, the steadfastness and endurance of Christ. And one more here in Second Thessalonians 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. So we've been talking about prayer this morning and um, God wants to hear our prayers. He wants to hear our petitions about the cares of life. And God wants us to learn that we can trust him, that those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. That's not a verse in the Bible. When I read that yesterday again, I thought, you know, that would make a good verse. But I think the Bible would teach that. And then we praise Him for the God He is. And we uh, worship Him. We offer thanksgiving to Him. I want to grow in that. And then we pray I believe God's calling us, calls us to pray uh, beyond those things to uh, deeper prayers for ourselves and for each other. We looked at harmony, peace in the church, peace among brethren, peace in families, about hope, about sanctification, encouragement and strength, experiencing the love of God and endurance and peace. <clears throat> In Luke 11, <clears throat> verse 9, So I say to you, 
Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Asking and continue to ask is what this is saying. Seeking and continuing to seek. Knocking and continuing to knock. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Shall we have a closing song?